Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans? I'm Mikey, and welcome to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Today is Thursday, the 3rd of February, 2022. Uh, We've got a little rescheduled podcast. We were actually supposed to record on Friday this week with a special guest from the Magic, but unfortunately, we had to reschedule that. So we've brought the podcast forward tonight, and uh, we're joined by... A couple of familiar faces, but we haven't had you both on together. So uh, we've got Gary and Connell back for this week's episode. Paul was going to join us as well. Um, and unfortunately, January and pretty much the start of February has been pretty busy for all of us, which is probably why a lot of people will notice that our interactions are probably down on Twitter and places like that at the moment. But uh, Paul's had a busy day. He hasn't even watched last night's Indiana game, which we're going to get to a bit later. So uh Hopefully Paul will enjoy that. Well, he will enjoy that towards the end. But uh, yeah, guys, happy? How are we? Gary? Absolutely over the moon. You might think we've won a couple of games, Maggie. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's surprising, <laughs> isn't it? Eh? Absolutely. So Gary's been uh, posting some articles on uh, the website, orlandomagicuk.com. Gary's been what discussing Jalen Suggs was the most recent one. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, uh, go over to the website and, and have a read of that. But Gary, you've got uh, anything you want to say about what you've been writing? I know you want to get involved with with that a little bit more. Yeah, um, the Suggs article was was really prompted off the back of the Bulls game. And I saw Stacey King um, seemed to be a little bit upset about how Jalen reacted to his dunk. And it was, I don't know, it kind of, it was like prodding me with a stick that I had to write Old, something. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just think that really for it, we need this type of player in our team. I think we've been way too nice for way too long. We've really only had Michael Carter-Williams. I see Suggs as a culture changer in Orlando. Um, Somebody compared him recently on Twitter. I forgot who it was to Gary Payton with Mm -hmm. the, the defensive prowess, the steals and the ability just to give it back if it's given to him. And when I saw that by Stacey King, I was like, well, really what did you want Suggs to do? Like do a great dunk, run to a guy who's verbally giving him it in the crowd and then say, I'm really sorry for ruining your ambience in Orlando's home <laughs> arena, Mr. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought it was worth pointing out, but I think Suggs um, got a little bit of flack at the start of the season unfairly and he deserves a little bit of praise for how he's came back because I do yeah. think he's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, go over and, and check that out on the website. Uh, G, our friend from the Valleys, are you doing well, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm all ready for this weekend's uh, encounter with, uh, in, in the FA Cup. So oh, yeah. I think you've oh, yeah. forgotten about it. I, I forgot about that, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, nobody really cares about Cardiff very much, so not, you, don't really, no. <laughs> you, you don't normally come you're not at the forefront of my mind most often and I'm surprised That's you're even so talking cute. about that I mean you're okay mate we've won well, four I'm out not... of the last six and you're okay yeah no I'm good I'm good I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying oh. it um, I'm a little bit sad still about Tom Brady retiring but, um, oh here we go you know, 
it is what it is. It is what it is. The magic of winning, I'm happy. And Cardiff will be winning on the weekend. I'll be even happier next week. So happy day. <laughs> Good lad. Good lad. And, uh, and we're also joined by Connell this week, who's fresh off a trip to New York, uh, which concluded a couple of uh, big basketball games. So I know we've exchanged a few messages, Connell, uh, about your trip, but what did you get up to when you went away? Uh, so we went over there and we watched the Knicks-Clippers game at the Garden and then the Lakers-Nets game at the Barclays Centre. We also caught an ice hockey game. I think it was the Rangers versus the Kings. So we had three um, New York versus LA matchups across two different spots, which was quite interesting. But um, yeah, it, like I said to you guys before, it was just amazing. I feel so lucky to have been able to go. I mean, we've like kind of had you know our private discussions in our own group chat about LeBron James and where we stand on him. But no matter what your opinion on him is, like as a an appreciator of basketball, you, there's no denying that he is one of the, if not the, greatest to ever do it. And to be able to watch him in person, it was surreal. Something that I mean, I've I've seen Messi and Ronaldo play live, and I got. I didn't get the same feeling as I did when I watched LeBron. I, it was honestly just an amazing experience. Both games, but obviously mainly the um, the Lakers Nets one because seeing James Harden play as well was something that was pretty cool. And um, experiencing the Garden was another thing which I was really curious to do because you always see people, you know, talking on Twitter about the Knicks fans and this and that. And, um, you know, I thought I'll turn up as a Magic fan, I'll say. I forgot my Magic gear to wear, which is so sad. It would have been cool to represent, but... Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a 1 p.m. game on a Sunday, I think. So the atmosphere was a little bit strange, as it would be, because obviously, yeah, they're normally playing on the evenings. But um, like I say, it was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for the next Magic games, which I'll be able to go yeah. to finally. It's was, been a while. Is that, that the first time you've seen LeBron in, in the flesh? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I mean, unless I watched him play back when I lived over there, but I'd have been, I wouldn't have remembered that. I wasn't too yeah. much into it back then. I, I expect you, he was moaning and crying at referee calls. Oh, moan, moaning and crying as much as he's ever been before. But um, <laughs> it was still fun. It was still fun to watch because obviously being there as a neutral, yeah. if he's crying, if he's moaning and crying against you, you're like, oh, for God's sake, like just shut up, just do my head in. But um, when it's against you, know, you're just there enjoying the game. You think, oh, it's just yeah. LeBron being LeBron. It's just brush it off. Just brush it off yeah. when you're watching LeBron James play basketball live. It's something that I can deal with. <laughs> Yeah. And what happened to your face mask, mate? Did you put it in the trash? Well, it has been burned, actually, Gary. It'll be very, very, uh, Gary, it'll be really, really, you'll be really glad to know it is gone and it will never be seen again. And it'll be promptly replaced by an Orlando Magic face mask next time. Excellent. <laughs> I'm only playing, mate. I'm only playing. No, I know, I know. So, so the garden or, or the Barclays Centre, which did you prefer? The garden, definitely. The Barclay, yeah. the Barclay Centre was a strange one. It looks really cool and like futuristic from the outside. Yes. But when you're in there, it's it, it's, it's strange that it? the atmosphere, it's very dark. But when you look up to the top, um, you know, the top tier, you can't see the people there because it's so dark. It's like almost sheer. The lower bowl, and then there's kind of the corporate section. And then by the time you get up to the gods, you, you literally can't see anything up there. It's... It was a little bit of a weird one. I definitely prefer the garden, and also it's just yeah. it's an iconic arena, isn't it? It was really cool to go. Yeah, me and me and G have had the same discussion. Like you turn up at the Barclay Centre, you got that cool like front of the arena with like the, the screen on the inside, and like yeah, yeah. You come out, you come out of the subway, and you're right there. But yeah, yeah when you get in the arena, it's quite dark and and dull. We found. 
Yeah, but I have to say, to but I have to say, with lighting and, and arenas are different throughout the league. But the arenas where the court's got all the light and it's darker in the stands, I, I am, I do like that. I don't know. That's just yeah, a, I mean, not a big deal. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. No, I do prefer yeah. the Amway though. Like I've been to quite a few arenas now, and to, this isn't even biased. This is just true. I think the Amway is the best arena that I've been to. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the obviously the most modern ones as well. But yeah, it's. <laughs> It's the best. For no, me. no, no, no bias involved at all. None no at bias all. involved. The Amway is the best arena in the history of basketball. Fact. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and we need to get Gary over there because I don't think you've been to a game at the new arena yet, have you? So uh, I've only been to, to the, uh, the arena. Yeah. So I'm slightly biased towards that. <laughs> yeah, mate. The atmosphere was the atmosphere was still better in the old arena, but. That goes without saying. Anyway, moving on. So before we get into the magic news, quick uh, affiliate plug. Support today's episode and visit the official NBA store EU or Fanatics using our affiliate link in the description of the podcast. Shop the latest NBA gear and Orlando Magic merchandise, including jerseys, shorts, T-shirts, all available with international delivery. Fanatics also carry stuff like the NFL, football jerseys and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, use our discount code MAGICUK10 at the checkout for 10% off. I'm going to keep going. Uh, use our discount or you can use the discount code live on the website. Please note some exclusions may apply. Okay. You right there, G? I am. You, you, you missed the part there. I know I did. I know I did. And I purposely missed it. Okay, so Magic News then. So uh, on Wednesday, the, the NBA announced that Magic rookies Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner and second-year guard Cole Anthony will all be participating in this year's Rising Stars competition during All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, I think it is this year, uh, which is two weeks' time from the 18th to the 20th of February. Uh, on last week's show, we also briefly talked about Cole Anthony committing to the dunk contest this year. So we're going to see him in, in several competitions. So guys, I'm going to go to Connor and Gary first because uh, I want you guys to weigh in. Are you a fan of All-Star Weekend? And how excited are you to see Cole in the dunk contest and, and all three of them in, in the Rising Stars? Connell? Personally, yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I am a fan of it. It's something that it's kind of a bit of a relief and you know the kind of culture around the game it's not that well it's kind of become more a little bit recently but it's not that competitive you just kind of get to appreciate the talent and appreciate people you know enjoying themselves and it's kind yeah. of a nice way to take a step back from the season and realize oh this all actually is quite fun because you can get really caught up in you know games every single night um but it's as a change it's quite refreshing i think and with regards to seeing our boys there for me, it's really, really exciting because you think back to a couple of years ago, we had nobody there. We had no one in the All-Star game, no one in the Skills Challenge, no one in the Rising Stars. There was, we were the only team in the NBA to have no representative at All-Star weekend. And I feel like as over the couple of years, obviously the rebuilds happened and the culture's begun to change with the younger guys, I feel like Cole is the perfect guy to be sending to that dunk contest. Because like I said it last time I was on, his interviews, his social media presence, everything about the guy is kind of epitomizing what we have become and are still becoming as a franchise, mm. which is like a, a group of young, fun, excited, energetic guys. So to actually be able to portray that to the league, because obviously we don't get as much media attention in general as some of the bigger market teams, for him to have the opportunity to go there and show like 
this is what the magic's about and this is what we're going to continue to be about for the future, I feel like it's really, really positive for us. It's quite exciting. Yeah. Do you, do you know what it reminds me? Having Cole, especially there, is a bit like when we have Victor Oladipo. I think he, f- I think he finished runners-up in in New York, didn't he, at the Barclay Centre in the dunk competition? And he came out singing one of the New York songs, didn't he, on the microphone? And he's just got that yeah. showmanship about him. And Cole's got that similar sort of personality. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Gary, what about you, pal? Um, if there was nobody from the Magic there, I wouldn't really be that bothered. Um, it's because. I do see it as an exhibition game. So if I could see it live, I would love to see an all-star weekend live. But if there's no magic representation, I think I'll be like, yeah, I'll just maybe check out a couple of minutes highlights. But just piggybacking off what you guys have said, there's absolutely no way that this dunk contest in particular is going to pass without Cole Anthony doing or saying something. Like if he wins that, if he wins that dunk contest, can you imagine the interview he's going to do? <laughs> what it's going to be like? Because you, you might as well just cancel the rest of the All-Star weekend because it's all downhill from there. Um, I've got this, I think there's a, a legit chance as well that Franz is going to just steal the show at the showcase because I, I think we saw it in the Detroit game where it was just a little bit chippy about what yeah. was happening with King, perhaps. And I think Franz Wagner might put on a, a bit of a show at this game and it's going to be all eyes on Orlando, you know, strong representation, big personalities, and it would be great to see uh, our guys take home some individual awards as well. Who knows? Franz, Jalen, Cole, yeah. I'd stand out in the rising stars. Let's, let's hope so. G. Yeah, I'll just echo what the, what the guys said. It's exciting. It's just an opportunity for uh, the guys to put Orlando on the map, get some media attention, uh, pointed out our way, uh, something we don't get from anybody. And uh, I mean, I was speaking to, to Jimmy Zink uh, from UK Chicago Bulls the other day, um, following the Bulls game, and we just going back and forth, you know, good game and all that. And he was like, you've got some real talent. And um, I'm like, yeah, I know that. Problem is the rest of the league don't know that because they don't watch us. Um, and you know, Jimmy in fairness, he watches all the Bulls games, so he's obviously seen us against the Bulls four times now, so he can appreciate that you know we've got some talent. We're also without Fultz and Isaac, as we mentioned every week. So you know, it, we've got a good building block there. So um, yeah, good I, I opportunity. Don't it, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Apparently, the NBA released the latest Rookie of the Year, like. Standings, yeah, and they've got Franz fifth. What an absolute joke! An absolute joke. Anything you'll say because <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all you can say. It's it's the small market bias, though, isn't it? Like you say, G, because no one watches the magic, they they don't pay attention to how good these guys are. And you think that people who are from the league would, but it really seems like they don't, and it's frustrating because it happens in every sort of instance, like even. Stuff is kind of trivial. Is when we were talking about the the jersey competition last time. They've got the Lakers and the Celtics as the top two. They're not the best jerseys. That's not important. But they're always going to give these awards to the players who are more relevant, like the number one draft pick or who's playing for whatever team, rather than you know, kind of giving the award the integrity that it deserves of awarding it to the best rookie who's you know having the biggest impact on their team, putting up the best numbers. Which Franz, he you know. 
there's arguments that he might not be first. You can dispute that. But fifth is just ridiculous. There's obvious bias against the Magic to be having him in fifth. And I hope that by the time it gets to the end of the season, you know, maybe after the Rising Stars game, people will start to take note a bit more and he'll be yeah. back on top. Absolutely. So other... Gareth, do you want to say anything? I was just going to say, I think if I was taking my uh, Magic shades off, I would say, given what the Cavs have done, Mobley's got to be the, the favourite for Rookie of the Year. But hand on heart, since the start of the season, like bearing in mind what kids missed... I, don't, I saw an article that popped up on Twitter and it was, it's now a two-horse race in the Rookie of the Year between Kay Cunningham and Devin Mobley. And I, I was kind of like, how, how disrespectful is that to Wagner, Barnes and Giddy who are like, they're having great seasons. And it's just like, oh yeah, the number one picks here. So you guys now, you can just be forgotten about. Like, it's not And he missed how many games at the start of the season? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but a significant amount. Yeah. I, I want to say it was what 15, 20. That might be a bit ambitious, but it was a, it, like you said, it was a decent amount of games. Yeah, his, his debut was against us, wasn't it, in Detroit? Yeah. Um, so it was, was about December, that, yeah. wasn't it? Was that at the start of December? Or was it a bit earlier than that? I can't remember. But yeah, Franz rookie of the year. We're going to keep beating that yeah. drum all, all, right. all season long. All season long. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, a little bit of other magic news. Not, Orlando Magic news, but Lakeland Magic news uh, got a bit, of, got a bit of uh, positive. Got some stir, fans stirred up on Twitter that Yanis Tima, who played for the Magic during uh, NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, assigned for the Lakeland Magic. And then everybody's like, "Oh, it's not going to be long. He's going to be what a two-way deal, and he's going to be playing for Orlando soon." Um, he's a bit of a fan favorite considering he's never really played for us, but yeah. <laughs> Um, so Yanis team is now playing for Lakeland and also the other news for Lakeland is Devin Kennedy who had that horrific ankle injury at the end of last season playing for Orlando finally made his return for Lakeland this week as well so it's good to see him back on the court so recapping this week uh, the last three games since we last recorded so starting with uh, the Magic beat the Dallas Mavericks, which was, uh, I can't think now, was it last Sunday? I have no idea what day of the week it is at the moment. But uh, the Magic won by two, won 110 to 108. Uh, for, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. finished with 14 points, 14 rebounds. Franz Wagner, 18 points, uh, 19 points for Chumo Kiki, who had one of his good games that he's uh, seems to be putting together more and more. So, uh Good start to the week. Connell, what did you see in the in the Mavs win? Uh, what I really liked about the Mavs win was how much our players are willing to share the ball and help each other out on the floor. We don't have a guy who's there like we maybe once did in the likes of Victor Oladipo or someone like that who was trying to be the guy for the team. And you could tell, I watched Wendell's interview, maybe with Dante or someone on the floor after the game, where that's what he was talking about, how much they're there to kind of help each other and you know, make you know, facilitate scoring opportunities for one another rather than just having the ball in their own hands and being direct. We had seven players in that game scoring double figures, which is just you know, it's a really, really good achievement for us to show that we have that talent stacked down our bench, even with the guys still to come back who have the ability to put in double figures performances. And like you just said about Chima, then 19 points, the highest uh, magic point score in the game. We're starting to see a little bit more of the potential from Tumor that we saw 
last season maybe like we say he had a bit of a slow start to this year but over this past week definitely we've seen him come into his own a little bit more like you also said with Wendell 14 and 14 I think he had his career high rebounds last night was it 18 so the Mo Bamba Wendell Carter Jr. debate is kind of coming to a close for me because at the start of the season you have people arguing over who's going to have that five spot for me, I think there's no question anymore. Wendell's shown how much more consistent than Moe can be and how effective he can be. Like, like 14 rebounds, 18 rebounds, while sharing the floor with Mo is very impressive. So I liked a lot what I saw that game. Just one quick thing that I want to add before I let somebody else talk. I loved when Tuma stole the ball from Luca just about half court and ran down and dunked it because Luca was winding me up in that game. He was just whinging like... I've never seen before just a very entitled boy it seems like but when Schumer took it off him and dunked it down it really kind of epitomised the type of game Schumer was having and the magic we're having and uh, yeah we managed to close it out after kind of it got a bit tight towards the end but I was made up Would you say he's been uh, watching LeBron far too much? He probably has I was trying to I was trying to not say it to seem like this is just a LeBron hate train but yes I think he's been watching LeBron a little bit too much Absolutely. So on Tuesday night, the Magic then travelled to Chicago. Um, Really hard fought game, this one, where the Magic, I think, were down by 13. uh, Battled back in the fourth quarter, tied the game with with several minutes to go, uh, but fell short uh, 126 to 115. Cole Anthony with 20 points, six rebounds, nine assists. Wendell had... Arguably, you could tell he was motivated to play against his old team. 24 points, eight rebounds, six assists for Wendell, which is really impressive. 22 for Franz Wagner. Uh, a game that we probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have won anyway, but we certainly gave ourselves a chance down the stretch in that one. But uh, Gary, what did you think of the Chicago game, mate? Um, first of all, you said about the how we came back, and I think it shows the resilience, what the Magic have. Um, we don't say die. Um, it's a it's a testament, really, to the culture, I think, that uh, Coach Mosley's built up in Orlando, where it would be really easy to look at the, the record that we've got, and the towel could go in. And instead, I think every single game, um, we don't seem to quit, no matter how far down we are. Um, also looking at the rebounding stats for the game, I think that was an area where we kind of got beat. It was 49 to 36. And I look at that and I think, okay, a little bit tougher inside, a little bit more physical, a little bit more mature. Orlando gives a very good Chicago team, maybe an even closer run. Um, I think right now, going into Chicago, as you said, Mikey, it's it's not a game where you would expect to win. Mm. But I think at the same point in time, having a look at that game and thinking about the Bulls and where they are now and then thinking about where we are and think, well, okay, Chicago last season weren't a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So when we get all our guys back and you can see the culture starting to build, are we going to jump to the first seed in the East? No, but could we technically make a jump into the playoffs picture and start making a noise? I think that's, I think that's definitely believable but I am going to ask permission from G here just to say uh, one thing about this game and it's about refereeing you carry on my friend you I've carry got one, on just one point G just one point I can't I can't take your uh, thunder but Cole Anthony with his big dunk battles oh. the rim technical foul called and I know there's been a lot of pep about this online we've spoken about it but 
is this a tech or is it not? Because it seems to me that when you play against the Magic, if you do that, and I'm not one for getting on the referees, you can do that. Montrez Harrell seems to make half of his contract off doing it against Orlando. No techs get called. But then Cole Anthony does the same thing against the Bulls and all of a sudden it's a technical foul. So really, I just wonder if the NBA officials are watching this, I would like you just to clear up whether it is a tech or it isn't a tech because I don't know. And it's not just that one, mate. In that that game, um, Hmm. Wendell Carter got a technical, but batting the ball against the stanchion. Now, how many times have we seen Vucevic do that? In a Magic jersey, granted, he'll get annoyed and he'll just tap it against the back uh, the stanchion. It bounced back to him and then he'd go. Mm -hmm. Bit of frustration, I get it. But it just seems that everything is being called on her, but never against them. I was almost waiting for Vucevic to do it in that game and then for them not to call it. Joke. And it was Lauren Holtkamp as well, so he says it all. But but you see you see some of these clips online of other games like like you said it a few weeks ago, G. It's the consistency of refereeing. It's not like we're just beating the drum and we're we're twelve and forty one and we're just complaining about refereeing calls all season. It's, <laughs> it's, there's genuinely a an inconsistency of referee. Like yeah. like not even magic related. You had um, the player place of the Bucks that got thrown out the game with a flagrant two. I can't think of his name now. Um, oh, Grayson I, Allen yeah. for um, for pulling... I try, who did he Who did he pull down? I can't think now. Was it DeMar? It was Caruso. 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 And then he broke his wrist or fractured his wrist or something. And then Montrez Harrell the other day basically th- almost threw a punch at one of, the, one of the Bucks players, didn't he, as he went past him. It wasn't a punch, but but it was there was a lot of contact. And I think he just got a flagrant one. But that, to me, that was just as malicious and as bad as the Grace and Allen one. But it's things like that, isn't it? It's um look at look at Jalen Suggs going to the basket and uh our favorite guy, LeBron James, with his sneaky little shove. Yeah. In there when he went up there, like fortunately he wasn't injured, but it could have been pretty nasty. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you got daft decisions, which we'll get to in a minute, like Robin Lopez getting called for a technical for sitting on the floor, which he does every <laughs> single game. But there we go. Uh, then the magic traveled to Indiana on the second night of a back to back. They were down by 17, as many as 17 points in this game. In, in what I would probably say, I, I, and I'll be honest, I only watched the highlights of this, but it looked like the Magic were low on energy, was probably a good way of putting it, after after playing a hard game in Chicago the night before. Uh, like I said, down at 17, and they battled back. Uh, they took the lead was, what, a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter, and then ended up clinging on to that game. And this was a game that we probably... Shouldn't have won, but we did. So it's nice, nice to come out on top. Uh, Connor already mentioned it. Wendell had 18 boards to go with 19 points. Cole Anthony, 15 points, six and eight. Uh, 22 points for uh, Money Gary Harris. That's what we're going to start calling him from the from the left corner from the three point line. Uh, G, what was your thoughts on the Pacers win? Yeah. Um... It's game of two halves. You know, uh, second half, we beat them 66 to 51. Uh, and it was nice to see that some changes were made. Um, I mean, I, I read Paul's preview beforehand, found out, you know, Sabonis wasn't going to be suiting up. So I changed my magic moments. 
to, uh, to predict a win. And I'm glad I did. Um, because essentially it was our, you know, beat up team um, against the Indiana Pacer guards. Because when Jackson, is it, went down in the first 30 seconds, um, looking at their roster, I don't think anybody, um, you've got point guard, shooting guards and small forwards in there. So I'd expect us to beat them, if I'm being perfectly honest. Whilst they shot the ball very well, Tory Craig uh, had a great game, 22 points. Karis LeVert got 26. Um, it was nice to see that the coaches made some changes at, at the half. Um, Pounded the ball in, as you mentioned. Wendell got his, um, got some rebounds. I was hoping that maybe Bamba would have got some more. Obviously, Robin Lopez was used better in the fourth quarter when they put him in, uh, and he was able to use his hook shot. Um, so it wasn't the best game to watch as a spectacle. Um, Indiana didn't have any fans in there because it was snowing outside. Um, and it's, it's Indiana Pacers. Let's be honest. You know who supports them. Um, <laughs> um, but if we're going back to the officiating again, right? So you've already touched upon the technical foul that got issued to the Magic bench and Robin Lopez, literally, you know, on the floor. You saw one of the um, referees just mentioning to the Magic bench, you know, get back, get back, whatever. I don't know what was said, um, and obviously we were hit with a technical. But then there was a foul in the fourth quarter. You might not have seen this, Mikey, because if you watch the condensed. But basically, Robin Lopez had the ball and a guy, Dwayne Washington, ran into him and Rolo got called for an offensive foul. You watch it. David and Jeff were flabbergasted. Um, didn't quite understand why they called that. Um, but anyway, that's enough of the officiating. Um, so in the end, you know, like you said, we managed to, to pull it pull away uh, and hold off and um, yeah Gary Harris was uh, superb he's like you said he's automatic in that left corner um, and I've changed my mind on him since the beginning of the season I'm going to have to find some uh, music overlay to put over ref rant every week so if anybody's got any suggestions <laughs> leave them in the comments of the video go go hello darkness my old friend <laughs> 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 just, just have that playing in the background every time G goes off on one. It's all right, but you're calm today, G, because we've because we won. So, uh, so yeah. Orlando remained last in the Eastern Conference, twelve and forty-one, despite winning four of the last six games. One and a half games back of Detroit, who've played three games fewer. The Pistons are at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves this evening, uh, and the Magic only have twenty-nine games of this season left. On to this week's topic, which is the trade deadline. So we are recording this a week before the NBA trade deadline, which is next Thursday, the 10th of February. And I think the window shuts at 8 o'clock UK time, which is 3 p.m. in the States. So there's been lots of rumours swirling around about certain Magic players being on the trade block or players being... Uh, touted to, to head off to different teams but we all know that that is not coming from the magic that's coming from external sources so how would how do you guys think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond should approach the de the deadline next week or, or between now and the deadline next week and what do you think they're hoping to do so I'll go to Gary first 
Um, first of all, we'll never know <laughs> what they're thinking. Just we'll just never know. Um, if I was looking at it from a should perspective, I think we should be looking to really stockpile picks and assets. Um, I would base that around as much as I like Gary Harris and what he's done since he, I think he's really picked it up. I think he's a player who could be on the block. Um, I think Terence Ross probably is on the block to get a move. Um, and I think really there's got to be a decision made on Bamba at some point. Now, do we let him walk or are we going to try and get something for him or are we going to re-sign him? So I think they're the three players um, who things are centering around. I look at that as what could we get in terms of picks? If we can get first round picks back, I think we've got to listen. Um, if I looked at what I would like, what I would like is if Golden State are really in on this season and winning and taking it all, and it's a real lofty one and it's a magic fan bias. But then again, if you're a Lakers fan, you're same as though you can trade Taylor and Horton Tucker for the entire magic roster. Um I would, <laughs> I would like to have a see what I would like to see the cost of James Wiseman. Yeah. Because I just think he fits our rebuild plans and we don't know what we've got. But if we're going to take a project, there's Wiseman there and then we roll the odds, the odds in the lottery. Who knows? We could be the most stacked team in the league. Well, if we were Laker fans, we'd think we could te- we could send the uh, the Warriors the rights to Fran Vasquez for uh, James Wiseman or something stupid like that. If you're a Lakers, Beth Curry as well, just to make it work. Yeah, just throw Steph in there too. <laughs> what about you, Connell? What do you think they should uh, do at the deadline? I think Gary's spot on with what he said. It's about stockpiling assets and having a player like Terence Ross is really valuable to have when you're looking to go and get some of those assets. Like you said, with a team who might be trying to win this season. So I've, you know, read rumors about him going to the Lakers. I like the Warriors idea. If that was possible, that would be a dream come true. But um, a team who's trying to win now, who might not have as high value of a draft pick, someone like the Lakers, if they even have any first round picks left, I'm not sure. They, they don't until 2017, mate. So what's yeah. the point trading with them? Yeah, well, there you go. But, um, you know, if we could get a first round pick, I think that's really good business for one of these guys who is um, over kind of the average age of the team who's maybe coming towards slightly that end of their career but would be really valuable in terms of helping one of these win now teams win now so a first round pick for Gary Harris or Terence Ross or even Mo Bamba because I think it's kind of come to a bit of a consensus that the Mo Bamba experiment is coming to an end as we've seen Wendell take over that position I there's a time where I would have been distraught to see Mo moved on, but now I think that it could be the right thing for kind of the good of the organisation. So it's what value you can get for him because where people would evaluate his ceiling to be at, I'm not sure anymore because when he first came into the league, we drafted him sixth or something. You know, you thought he had people had him on the boards going higher than Trey Young. So how far off that he is now, I don't know how that affects his value, but first round picks please and assets because Gary Harris is helping us win too much and we don't need that I feel, I feel like Weltman if we're in the shoes of Weltman he wants Mosey to probably lose every single game this season so having Gary Harris come off the bench and score 22 is not helping him so I wouldn't be surprised to see him go and while, we're t- and why, and why you brought up the Lakers there just briefly 
what is this nonsense I've been reading about that the magic would be suitable uh, a destination for Russell Westbrook again? Oh my God. Have you seen this? Don't bother. Have you seen this nonsense floating around? I think I might have put it in the group the other day, but somebody was like, oh, the magic would finally have a star to build around. How old's Russell Westbrook? Like 33? Like He's also yeah. bad. He's also very bad at basketball. <laughs> I can confirm that after watching him play live. He is ineffective. I would not. Yeah. I would not take it. It's it's rubbish. Honestly, I don't even entertain stuff like that. It just riles me up. There's no point. It, it's clickbait, and I, and I won't stand for it. I think that was Shannon Sharp on first take, and uh, even Skip Bayless said to him, "No, you're talking Jesus nonsense." Mate. If Skip Bayless is shutting it down, then I think that's all it says. All there is to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh. Um. So, what I think they should do. I think they need to have a chat with Gary Harris and see where he's at. Um, obviously, he's the one who's uh, becoming a free agent at the end of the season. If he's committed to staying in Orlando, I don't see a reason to trade him. Um, he's proved how valuable he can be. Um, he's comfortable at the moment, you know, with the role he's got. He's obviously, it looks like he's enjoying his basketball. Um, he's be putting up the numbers. Um, whilst you know, I wouldn't want to pay him anywhere near uh, what he's currently on, twenty million a season. Um, the free agent pool this year, you know, there's not that many players there. And if we're not going to make a swing for somebody, then we could potentially just bring him back for a season at in and around this salary because we're not going to make a big splash, and then have him as an expiring again next year. So the way I think Weltman and Hammond should look at it is they need to have a chat with Gary Harris because he's the one who's a free agent work out where his head is at uh, before making any decisions on him um, and in fairness Gary spot, Gary's stolen my trade idea and we didn't mention it but him and I have gone back on text this week but James Wiseman is a superb uh, trade target I believe uh, and I if, if you could do possibly a Bamber and a Ross, for example, I don't know if it works salary-wise, for uh, Wiseman, they get, you know, two guys there who spread the floor even more with Thompson and Curry. Can you imagine? Um, and then and we get Wiseman as a piece. I like that idea a lot. So um, wouldn't be opposed to that. Gary Harris is only 27. So. Exactly. He's a he's a young vet, really, still, isn't he? But yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I kind of I kind of get what you guys are saying. Um, I, I really want to keep Gary Harris, and it's uh, and I just feel there's going to come a point where we're going to have to balance out the youth with veteran presence um, at some point. Uh, maybe next year's not the time to do it. Maybe we just got to keep throwing stuff at the wall and and just keep putting young players out and giving them as many minutes as, as possible, which I think is probably part of the thinking that's going to go into the next week as well. So what do you guys think is going to happen then between now and next week? What's, if, you, if you could make any predictions, bold predictions, and it's not Steph Curry, all right? What are you going to go with? So I'm going to go back to G first. What, what do you reckon, pal? Uh, oh my God, this it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, we've seen all sorts of rumours swirling around. Terence Ross to Boston for Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith. 
it's a, it's a decent return. Uh, Grant Williams is a bit of a dog, isn't he? Nee Smith, um, Nee Smith, however you say it. I don't think he's played that well in Boston, so it might give him an opportunity. And then there's two other trades that have been flirting with uh, the Cavs for Osman and a first-round pick. I think you'd take that because you get your first-round pick, stockpile your assets, as the boys have said, or to Dallas for Dwight Powell and a pick. And Dwight Powell, uh, obviously, big centre, uh, I don't know if he's an expiring or not, but again, you stockpile assets uh, and you give Terence Ross an opportunity to go to a team that's gone to the playoffs. Um, as to what might happen, I, it's impossible, isn't it? I'd like Gary Harris to say uh, stay, as um, as I probably alluded to, um, and I don't think Terence is playing that well at the moment. He seems a little bit disinterested. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but yeah, I keep Gary, move Terrence for the best option that is out there. And hopefully that's Golden State. Well, G's already just uh, gone through half of what I was going to talk about in a minute. So thanks, mate. Um, no, sorry, it's cool. Connell. <laughs> um like everyone's been saying, realistically, our front office is completely unpredictable and there's, there's no way that anyone would win a bet on what we're going to do in the next week. I think Harris is the most likely that we keep on out of Bamba, Ross and him because of how, you know, the impact like he's shown that he can have off the bench, how the Bamba experiment's done and how Terence Ross is obviously a lot older means I think those two are probably more likely to move on, more especially while he's got a little bit more trade value since he's young. So I think those two will get moved by next week, but there's no, there's just no way of knowing. That could be miles off. We could we could trade anyone, and I wouldn't be surprised because there's just no predicting what our front office is going to do. I think I tell you only... one thing I did mention. Maybe Bagley from the Sacramento Kings. Hmm. He's you know disgruntled there. I think in earlier this season, I think his dad came out and said you know he's not happy or whatever and Bagley and Bamba probably in and around match in terms of salary I don't know I don't know I wouldn't mind Bagley though What about you Gary? Um, Sensible if I was being totally sensible about it um, I think Gary Harris will stay because I'm going to use the Fournier deal from last year both of them um, believe expiring contracts, as we've been saying, and we got a lot below market value for Fournier. We got a second round. We didn't get anything. So unless we were really going hard on a tank, I don't think it would make much sense because I don't think we're going to get that much back for Gary Harris because of his contract situation. I think... With Terence Ross, I think he's the most likely, and for what he's done for the franchise, I don't want him to go, but I would wish him well wherever he did go. But I think the return's most likely to be something like the Osman in the first round pick. I think that's probably around what Ross would yield. Um, with Bamba, again, it's it, we've, we've discussed it when I've been on before. The guy is a unicorn of a player but I think we are reaching a point where people are starting to say okay what's going to happen here are, are we going to resign him if so what's the price um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Bamba went but I don't know what he would bring back I think it would possibly be a later first round pick if he is going to go at all 
But early in the season, I think. Go on, Gary. Come for me. I just think Ross is the most likely to go. Um, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been a good servant what do you to, think, Mikey? to Orlando. Um, so when you look at Gary Harris, and I, I don't know, I can't remember if I mentioned this on an episode earlier in the season, but I've, I've definitely had this conversation with one or two of you that earlier in the year where he just come back, he was getting his conditioning back and he wasn't shooting the ball like he is now. I don't think he really had any trade value. It was, I, I, I thought, and, and this might still be the case, he might still be a buyout candidate just purely based on the fact that he's earning 20 million. And like Gary's already said, Fournier, I think, was earning 17 and all you got was two second round picks back for him. Gary's playing really, really well at the moment. So that might bump it up a little bit, but how many teams are going to get, how many teams have got salary cap to absorb 20 million for a player that they could just go, well, if we want him next year, we'll just wait till free agency. So I feel like, I think he might get bought out. I think he might get bought out after the trade deadline. Um, And, and then obviously you open up minutes for when Fultz comes back as well for uh, the guard, guard position. So that's what I think's going to happen with with uh, Gary Harris. Terence Ross is gone. Um, if he's here after the trade deadline, I would be gobsmacked. But if he's not gone at deadline, he's gone during the off season because he's still got a year year left on that contract. But obviously, right now with the playoffs not far away. He's uh he's gonna be playing a big part for for a playoff team for a contender possibly. Um somebody else we haven't really talked about is Robin Lopez as well, who's only I think he's got a six million dollar deal, um, which uh CBS Sports also put down as one of their like notable trade candidates. So I mean I think Lopez is the sort of person that he probably gets packaged with somebody. Um but Bamba uh, I I think Bamba's going to be here after the deadline because I don't see teams clamouring over one another to think, ah, oh, we need to trade for him when they can just go and uh, and and get him to sign an offer sheet in free in free agency in the summer. Obviously, we can match it, but I feel like teams might just sit and go, well, there's, there's, there might be other players that are higher up teams' priority list of people they might chase. Um, and, and a lot of teams might just let the market dictate what he's worth and see whether he's he's worth it or not and whether he fits what teams want. So, yeah, I, I think Bamba's here till the summer. I don't think he's here next season. Um, but I think Terence Ross has definitely gone. Um, it's all about opening up playing time for the young players uh, for the second half of the season. And the other thing is we've got the trade exception as well. Um, do you guys think we're going to use that 17 million? Um, you don't think we're going to use it? Yeah. No, I just think with them, um, if Markel Fultz is coming back, unless the buyout's going to happen, I think they're probably going to look at just basically playing young, young players, youth. Yeah. Well, Phil, Philip Rossman Reich, if, uh, I think it was a week or two ago, wrote an article on Orlando Magic Daily. So basically sort of highlighting five players who he thought could be potential players the Magic could use that trade exception for. One of them was Serge Ibaka. 
I don't think any of us will be super pleased to see Serge Baka back in Orlando. Uh, he's on expiring deal. Larry Nance Jr. I think would be interesting. Um, he's got one year left, 9.7 million. Davis Bertans, three-point sharpshooter. He's got three years, 49 million. It doesn't really fit what we need. Um, Dario Saric has got 10 million next year. I don't really He'd be all right. Saric should be all right. I think he'd be all right. I feel feel where we're at though. Yeah, but I feel where we're at at the moment. I mean, if you're going to trade Bamba or Lopez or both, then yeah, you need to fill that that backup centre role for Wendell. I, I mean, Mo... Wagner can play there, but like we saw at times, he, he's he's not really protecting the rim. Um, so somebody like Tristan Thompson or Serge Ibaka could fill that role for the end of the season, but there's probably other options other than those guys. But yeah, none of them are really, we, we want to be chasing hot, chasing high upside players. So like you guys have already mentioned, like James Wiseman, Bagley, young players who still got some room to grow that probably need a fresh start and a and a new change of scenery, um, and 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 again somebody that fits the age and the timeline of what we already got. I don't really see the point in chasing veterans at this point. Um, yeah, guys, got any more thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I kind of agree with what G said. It's the best of a bad bunch, Dario Saric. I mean, Davis Bertans is not the guy that we need like you say for our timeline at all um, Larry Nance would kind of interest me a little bit more but even still not that much he's not one of those guys who's like an outright you know explicit yes this is the guy that we need that's going to help us so I don't I can't see it being worth any of our time really to be honest if those are the only options that are out there then for me I reckon we just leave it and like like Gary was saying the second half of the season is really about giving the youth more minutes so yeah. I, th- I think we're good so you, you've the only way, go on, G. The only way we bring one of them in is if they load it with some assets. So if we're to bring Bertans, and I wouldn't want Bertans, I wouldn't touch no. him with a barge pole. But you know, for three years, forty million, forty-nine million left on his deal. You know, you got to give us a first-round pick, a couple of second-round picks, etc., just to make it worth our while. Um, obviously, the expiring ones. There's no point in bringing Tristan Thompson in, who's an expiring for our trade exception, um, really. Um, yeah. Do you really There's want Tristan there, Thompson in the locker room with these young players? I certainly no. don't. Probably no, not. So. If, no. if, if we end up with Ibaka, um, I'm just going to propose that we, and I haven't got this wrong, we send him down to the Solar Bears. <laughs> I just don't want him anywhere in the year after he was last time to send him down to the solar bears for the banter oh dear no <laughs> absolutely not so um, before we move on um, so I've, I've, before we jumped on I had a quick little look on some of like the updated rumours swirling around on the Twitter sphere and had a quick Google with some some different rumours and stuff going on so there's a couple of trades I've come across or proposals uh, one was sending Mo Bamba to Detroit for Trey Lyles, Kelly Olynyk, and a 24 second round pick from the Pistons. Would you do that or would you not? Never in a month of Sundays. 
The only good thing about that is that Trey Lyles wouldn't play against us because he absolutely destroys us. Um, you all know how, how I feel about Kelly Olenek in a second. Yeah, no, I hate Mo, him. Mo Bamba, Mo ba- no, Mo Bamba's worth a lot more than that for me. For me. Boys? I don't think I don't think that's just for you. I think that's for all of us. I would yeah. go nowhere near that deal. I, but I mean, Bamba's obviously is no secret. He's not the most valuable asset, but he's more valuable than Kelly Olenek, a second rounder, and Trey Lyles, who's only going to play well against us, which is not useful because because he'd be playing for us, so yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think we go anywhere near it. And 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 I'm probably going to get the same reaction for the second one, which was the magic send Jonathan Isaac Etwan Moore and a Chicago <laughs> and the Chicago 2023 first that we got in the Vucevic deal to Atlanta for John Collins. That that deal is just absolute insanity. It's as if people have forgot who Jonathan Isaac is and what he was able to do before. There's not even just one thing before everything has started to happen with him. And then he's kind of gone off the map, but that deal is arguably for me worse than the first one. We're giving up a first round pick. and We're giving up Jonathan Isaac, who was probably the best player on the, well, we had a future at the time, but when he was playing one of the best players on the team, yeah. I thankfully, I've got full confidence that it won't happen and I'm very glad because in, in my opinion anyway it's just an absolute disaster of a deal and I hope it never comes anywhere have close. You, have you seen John Collins who up against Jonathan Isaac? Yeah. He has, he's awful against Jonathan Isaac. That, that's all you need to know. Isaac owns John Collins. Barbecue so, chicken. Yeah, absolutely. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> In all seriousness, who really thinks that John Collins is worth that much? Like, does his mum even <laughs> worth that much? The Laker, Laker fans. Laker fans. Oh, yeah. The Laker trade machine was sent to Atlanta. Well, this is part of a deal. <laughs> I mean, I read that. Uh, forget Jonathan Isaac being in there. As soon as I saw the Chicago 2023 pick, I was like, no, that's not happening. Not, not at all. Um, so if you want to take anything away from those two trade proposals, never go on NBAanalysis.net. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> never go on. One, um, G, you can take this, but we had an interesting chat the other day on text, on, didn't we? Which one was that? About which our one, uh, your, speak favorite, most nights. your favorite team. And which, which one's that? About, I think it was about the Ozone. <laughs> I think it was influenced by the Ozone where you, you sent me a message saying, um, Would you take Dwight Howard back to Orlando? Oh, yeah, yes. Yes. Um, interesting, that one, isn't it? Um, mm. Dwight Howard back. Mm. really would. Um, depending on what we can get with him. Um, if they want, I don't know, what the sal- I don't think the salaries match up at all. I don't think it's possible. But I wouldn't mind having Dwight back. And Jonathan said this on the Six Man Show. I think it's time we need to get over this whole Dwight thing. It's... 12, 11, 10, 11 years ago now, um, you know, water under the bridge. Um, and, and he needs to be celebrated back in Orlando um, eventually. And, you know, he's going to have his um, place in the Magic Hall of Fame because of what he did here. It's just a shame it turned out how it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it'll work at the moment trade-wise because of the salaries not matching up. But for me, I probably would bring him back just so we can try and teach some of the, you know, Wendell, Mo, if he's still about, uh, Jonathan Isaac, um, 
you know, how, all the stuff he's learned during his time in the league. And let's be honest, he is a top top 75 player in the league. So, yeah, I, I'd bring him back. I'd bring him back. He'd, he'd, have to, he'd have to shave his head, though, if he's coming back. I don't want him coming back looking like this. <laughs> I'm sure it was on the Ozone where they discussed it, but then like G put that to me, and I did have a, like, a tinker around with the trade machine, mm. and something that would work was um, Dwight Howard and Taylor Horton Tucker back to Orlando for Terence Ross and Robin Lopez. And what could, you know, bearing in mind how Taylor and Horton took us the second coming of Christ, imagine what, <laughs> we, could <do laughs> what we could do with him in a, in a, in switching it somewhere, you know? Uh, would, that's a clip just, for this week, Mikey. I mean, those two, those, those two would just fit in even better, wouldn't they? Because uh, uh, <laughs> their age of the roster is just going up and up and up. <laughs> um, apparently that wouldn't work the Lakers would have to shed another three and a half million according to the trade uh, trade machine unless you included a trade exception in there as well which I suppose you could do as well but, uh, so I've got a bad trade machine then <laughs> I've got a bad trade machine um, so yeah so like I said never just don't go on nbaanalysis.net because it's just full of nonsense um, I haven't. Have you guys been on Bleacher Report? Have you seen any nonsense on there at all? Because they they usually come out with uh, one sided trade proposals now and then. I've, I've not even bothered. It's just no. it's it's no. There's no point. There's no point. This is uh, hard. Okay, right. Moving on then. Moving on. So predictions uh, last week. Uh, the Magic obviously went two and one, beating Dallas and Indiana, losing to Chicago. Uh, Luke, obviously, was showing us up this week, went two and one correctly. Uh, Paul and myself went one and two. And Geraint said on our sixth episode, just to be different, he's going to go 0 oh and three. You actually said three and 0 oh to start I with. I that did, I did. How close was I? How close was I? <laughs> So uh, I'm currently, and what we'll have to do next season, because there's no point adding it in now because you guys are going to be behind, but uh, we'll start including Gary and Connell next season. But at the moment, I'm seven and six, Garrett six and seven, and Paul is uh, proudly holding the wooden spoon at five and eight. So the week ahead then, uh, we're recording our next episode on Wednesday the 9th. Um, I think we're also possibly, depending on what happens next week, probably going to record an, an emergency trade deadline episode at some point next week um, afterwards. But uh, between now and then, the Magic have got three games starting at home to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 36 and 18. Uh, they are third in the Western Conference on the road. They're 17 and nine. Um, they're just playing really well, aren't they, Memphis? They've got one of the... One of the really bright young players, Jarmarant. Uh I saw, was it last night they were playing the Knicks or the night before? And there was a few little tussles and Julius Randle was uh, looking like the role player that he should be. And uh, oh, people were getting I, under I, his skin. I didn't see that. I'm going to check that out. As soon Did you as not? You need, you need to check it out no. afterwards. And Jarmarant and... Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. afterwards in the press conference were basically saying, this is what we do. <laughs> so uh, if you don't like it, tough, <laughs> basically. So uh, oh. yeah, the Magic 
the Magic play the Grizzlies on Saturday night. We've got a nice early 10 p.m. tip off. So uh, I, I, I probably still won't make that because that's an hour past my bedtime. So uh, that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, then on Sunday, so we've got a home back to back. We then got the uh, uh, Boston. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. We've got the Boston Celtics on the Sunday, which is an 11 o'clock tip off. Uh, the Celtics are currently 28 and 25, ninth in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I think we're we're at home in that game. So they are 10 and 15 on the road. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at injuries yet, so I'm not going to reel those off. And then on Tuesday, the Magic then travel to Portland, uh, which is a lovely UK-friendly tip-off time of three in the morning, uh, which is... Tuesday if you're in the States, but Wednesday morning in the UK. Um, I think Paul said to me, I'm, I'm going to do what G did last week. I'm going to let, I'm going to put Paul's prediction in there last. So G picked on me first last week. So I'm going to pick on him first this week. So G, uh, what are you going with this week, mate? What, what, you sure you don't want to go to the boys first? Uh, no, no. I, no. No. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, oh yeah. I don't have to be different this time. Um, Memphis at home. Obviously, they're playing very well, as you just stated. Boston, I believe, are beatable. It is on a back-to-back, and then we go on the road to Portland. Oh my gosh! Head says one thing, heart says another, as usual. And because I'm trying to catch you up, I'm going to go zero and three. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I really and think it's one three. and two. Yeah, I, I think it'd be one and two, but I'm going to go zero and three just because I want to try and catch you up. And I've got a hunch that you'll go one and two. You just want to be different to me. Yeah, yeah. You don't want I to be like to Mike. Catch Is you that up. what you're saying? All right. Exactly. All right. Little basketball reference in there. Uh, the Celtics actually also play a back to back. They're at Detroit the night before we play them. So, uh, okay. There we go. Gary. Okay. Are we 3 0? Fortunately not, Mikey. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, we're not beating Memphis at the minute. I think they're, they're probably the team, I think, who we looking at as one of the teams to model ourselves and I just think they're too far ahead right now for us Boston it's probably going to feel like a home game for them because you're going to get all the green shirts in the Amway I think we might lose that one um, but I think we might beat Portland yeah they're yep. not having a good time of it so I think the win might come on the road I forgot to say, Portland are 21 and 31 and they're still 10th in the East. Uh, sorry, in, in the West. Um, and at home, they are 14 and 13. So they are better at home, but they have lost their last three. And I think one of those games was against the Thunder. Uh, they lost to the Lakers last time out. Yeah, the Thunder, they lost to and the Bulls. But yeah, they've won. They've lost five of their last six. So uh, they're not they're not doing very well. Connell. Um, I was going to say exactly what Gary said, but because he said I won't, I'll be a little bit different. Um, I think we're all in agreement that no, that's right. We probably aren't going to beat the Grizzlies. The kind of form they're in, they're just unstoppable at the minute. So there's no point even talking about that game. We're probably going to lose. Um, I had us beating 
Portland because like you say they've not been very hot this season at all and especially over like the past week or so we have been like we've we've definitely picked up a little bit of momentum so I think we'll win that game and I'll I'll go for a win at home to the Celtics as well just because we seem to have kind of enjoyed being at home a little bit more lately like I know it was kind of, it was referenced in the press conference after the Dallas game about how good the atmosphere was and I understand that there will be more Celtics fans in there than there would have been Mavericks fans but um I'm saying it to be different. I think we'll lose, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say two and one and we will lose to the Grizzlies. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I am going to go two and one as well. And I'm I'm going to go bold this week. I'm going to say we're going to beat the Grizzlies. I'm going to say we're going to beat the Grizzlies on Saturday night. And I think we're going to beat the Portland Trailblazers on the road. Can I change mine now? No, 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 no. He's already <laughs> submitted them. I, I don't know. I think we'll I just, beat the Celtics. I, I, I just feel, it, I wouldn't even say it's because we've won four of the last six. I just feel like no matter who we play, we aren't, we don't give up. We keep fighting. We find a way of just hanging around or if we've got deficits we're chasing, we find a way of clawing them back. And we saw in the Dallas game, through stretches of that, we were just sort of keeping ourselves there or thereabouts. And once we got our noses in front, we just about held on in that, in that one. Um, so, yeah, why not? Do you know what I mean, why not? They're coming into our house. That we Memphis aren't one of the, the popular teams where we, where the Amway is going to be covered in uh, in two shades in their two shades of blue. It's just going to be magic blue. There's probably going to be one or two Grizzlies jerseys, but it's not like we're playing the Lakers Heat or Celtics where it's basically an away game at home. So I think we're going to beat the Grizzlies and I think we're going to beat the Blazers. So I'm going two and one. And Paul has gone one and two and he thinks we're going to beat the Celtics at home. So there we go. Okay, right. Let me find my notes for this week's magic trivia. So, G asked, what did you say to me before we start recording, G? I said I thought it, be, it was going to be all-star themed. Well, you're week, right. <laughs> I was right. You were right, but I just didn't want to give it away. I didn't want to give it away. Okay, right. So, this is piggybacking off of this week's news that Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner and Cole Anthony are going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge. And obviously Cole's going to be in the dunk dunk contest in a couple of weeks' time as well. So you can guys can work between between all of you. So with the with the NBA All Star Weekend two weeks away, can you name every player who has represented the Magic in the Rising Stars game? And I believe 1994 is the first time they started it because that's what Basketball Reference plus as far as it went to. So, so how, ma- how many are there? I'm not telling you that. I'm just going to let you figure that out as we go. Okay. Any? So, so I want the, I want the player and the year. Oh come on! Jesus okay. Penny and Penny was played in some game. Um, yeah. in, it must have been around about '93. Right. Close. '94. Yeah. I'll let you have that. Yeah. Penny. Right. So you're gonna have. Sorry, man. Uh, Mike Miller, two thousand one. Yeah, and two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Connell, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I mean, all these kind of dates, are, I, was, I was like one year old, so I, I don't remember these games. But um, <laughs> you, you but, must have had Victor Oladipo in yeah. 2014. Yeah. And 2015. So he played okay. in both both years of uh, the rookie sophomore games. Yep. That's three down. Mario Hazonia. Mario Hazonia. Can you remember the year, Gary? I'm going to guess around about 2016. Correct. Aaron Gordon, 2015. Aaron Gordon is incorrect. He didn't feature is in it? the Rising Stars game. Yep. Wow. Okay. Alfred Payton then. Alfred Payton. Can you remember the years? It was the same year as AG, wasn't it? So 2015. And 16, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What about Mo Bamba? Mo Bamba has not played no. in it. Nope. No. Um, right. You've got to think back now, I think. Okay, i got to say my boy Matt Harpring. Incorrect. I don't know if he might have he might have played in the Rising Stars game, but he didn't represent the magic in the Rising Stars game. No, he would have because he played the first two seasons with us. So okay. Um I've got a left question. Corey McGett. Corey McGett. McGett he was in there. No. Oh right. Okay. That's the one I was thinking as well. Um, Any ideas, Connell? Vooch. Vooch is spot on. Yeah. Can you remember the That's year? Cool. Um, 2012. 13. Somewhere on there. Close. 13. Yeah. Ah. Okay. There's oh two left. Oh, um, Courtney Lee. Incorrect. Such out. Oh. I would have gone for that, to be fair. That would be my next one. To, to, to be fair, one of these is a stinker, but oh. <laughs> one of these is a stinker, but... I'm going to throw one out there, Maggie, but I don't I don't think it's going to be that. Would it be the, uh, the human torture chamber, Andrew Nicholson? That's the one, mate. Good shout. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 2013. Oh that was very impressive. Statistically, mate, that... he looked better than he was. Yeah, Andrew Nixon played in the game. In, him and Vooch both played in the Rising Stars game in 2013. There's one left, and I cannot believe you guys have not even got this. GI? No. <laughs> have we have we said Dwight? There you go. Done. Ah, yeah. oh, there you go. I just kind of assumed we'd said him, but I'd forgot, so I didn't want no. to be stupid and we'd already go. said it, but yeah, that seems like a given one. Yeah. Dwight Howard, 2005, 2006. So you've got Penny, Mike Miller, Dwight Howard, Nick Vucevic, Andrew Nicholson, Victor Oladipo, Alfred Payton, and the re- most recent is Mario Hezonia. But we've never had, we've had two in the same game, but we've never had three. So this year is going to be a bit different. Okay, right. Last question. I've got two actually. Now I'm going to, I spent the time doing it, so we'll go through all three. Right. So, so same same format. Can you name every player that's represented the magic in the dunk competition since 1989? Obviously, since the magic were founded. 
Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson is correct. Can you tell me who won that dunk competition? It wasn't Nick. Cedric Sinoyos. Yeah, there you go. Gary's all over it. Yep. We obviously had AG AG pretty recently. Yep. Um, Appeared in three. So you obviously had the the hoverboard in 2016. We, We got robbed for the first time. Yeah, he had, he had the disappointing one, didn't he, with the drone, the following year, yeah. and then he had three years where he didn't do it, and then we had the Dwayne Wade fuss in uh, twenty twenty. Mm. The AG's correct, Dwight. Dwight, two years, twice. Yeah, two thousand eight yeah. Superman dunk, and then the uh, and then the second one was two thousand nine. I think that was the sticker. Wasn't that the sticker dunk where he got right up on top of the backboard? Yeah. On the, the, center, the, yeah. the magic the, the magic that they sent out a Dwight Howard figure, didn't they, where he was doing the sticker dunk, the major one. Yeah. Underrated yeah. that dunk was. It was underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, friend of friend of friend of the show, Daryl Armstrong. Correct. 1996. Can you tell me who won that dunk competition? This one surprised me actually. 96, man. Um, no. Who's he played for? He played for the Clippers. He also played for the oh, Spurs. Oh, Brent Barry. Brent, Brent Barry. Barry. Yeah. Okay. okay. Victor, um, Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. Okay. 2015. Right, there's one Otis left. Smith. Oh, he's on it. Straight on it. There you go. First uh, contest, 1991. Who won that competition? Jordan, maybe. I don't know. No. Dominic? No. He was a uh, Boston Celtic. D. Brown? D. Brown. Okay. It's magic as well, D. Brown. Yeah. And then, last of all, all-Star Game. I forgot about the uh, skills challenge, but that hasn't been going so long. So uh, NBA All-Star Game. So can you name every player that represented the Magic during the All-Star Game? Bit easier, At the this All-Star list. Game. At the All-Star yeah. Game. Shaquille O'Neal. Correct. Look, Connell. Um, I was going to go Jermaine Nelson. That's my first one. Jameer did not play, but he oh, was... Oh, he got selected. But he got selected. Well, I guess you could have Dwight Howard. Yeah. Rashad Lewis. Rashad Lewis, yeah. Vooch. Vooch. G Hill. G Hill. Penny Hardaway. And... Tracy Team Grady I'm not I may as well just say it you know him there you go job done easy work nice easy, job, mate. made easy work of that so uh, excellent good stuff so uh, like we said we are recording our next episode I think on Wednesday next week like I said we might be doing an emergency podcast depending on what happens at the trade deadline next Thursday or between now and then 
but as always, thank you for listening and watching. Please subscribe to the podcast and hit that notification button so you don't miss any future episodes. Make sure you visit our website, orlandomagicuk.com. For the latest news, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. You can find all our links on the podcast description as well. So from Connell, Gary, Garant, and myself, until next time, go magic.